You're listening to a Philadelphia Sports Nation production, enhancing your Philadelphia sports experience. Softly, ooh, get them on me, try to crucify me like I'm Jesus, the way she crossed me, I'm too bossy and too thorough to move like a weirdo, on point like an arrow, we started off with zero, now I'm seeing M's, diamonds like water and they jumping out the gym. All right, all right, all right, ladies and gentlemen, it is the initial the first edition, numero uno, first in line, leader of the pack podcast show. It is Trust the Podcast, brought to you by Phoenix Upwards Network. I mean, Nation, sorry about that. You're good. You can hear the excitement in my voice. All Sixers talk, four fellas talking about the Philadelphia Sixers as we march to the postseason. Uh, my name is Kirk Jenkins, for you guys that don't know. And I got some fellas with me here. Why don't you take a moment to introduce yourselves and tell us all about your love for the Sixers? Uh, all right. Uh, first of all, uh, hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Luke Arcaney. Uh, I am the section manager at Philly Sixers Nation. Um, we ha- we obviously had a podcast uh, about a year or so ago, six six months ago, and it just kind of the, the whole crash, um, the whole site crashed and um it just kind of fell off for a little bit but i reached out and uh we really wanted to get this started back up again so this we are here tonight with our first episode uh the sixers are currently now winning by six to the cleveland cavaliers uh so we're doing this on i think today's the 12th i believe um so yeah my name's luke um i'm also here with leon leon you can say what's up Guys, uh, my name is Leon Bordock. I'm a writer here at Sixers Nation, and um, I'm really excited to get this thing going. You know, I'm a podcast rookie, but um, <laughs> should be a fun time. And I've got some other uh, knowledgeable dudes next to me, so it should be should be an awesome time. And we also have Anthony um, here. Yep. So uh, what's up, guys? I'm Anthony Dorma. Hey, this is also my uh, very first podcast. I was in the original one, but that kind of fell apart. So I think this <laughs> one's going to be much better than that one. And uh, hoping that we could talk about her love affair for Joel Embiid on this show, and uh, <laughs> how much, how many championships we're gonna win with uh, this duo pair of Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Hey man, I I hope we get to talk about that a lot. Um, all right, so our first topic for episode one is gonna be the push for the playoffs. Um, it's currently March twelfth. Uh, the season ends. April 10th. So we have about a month left. We have about 15 to 18 games left. Um, the Sixers are currently sitting at a record of, I believe it is 42 and 25. Um, so we are 17 games. We are currently, we are currently 17 games above 500. Um, so I want to hear from you, Curtis. Um, We've obviously about a, a month and a half ago, or it's probably been longer than that now, uh, we acquired Jimmy Butler. Um, and he's obviously that big guy we needed for the clutch. Um, but how important is it for him to play and give us all that for all the four quarters as we're um, getting into crunch time here? Yeah, so um, Jimmy Butler, I mean, the key to Jimmy here is that we know that he's not going to be the guy who just sort of like takes the ball ISO and just shoots every shot. You know, he's agreed in all, in almost all of his press conferences, interviews, he's agreed that, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to fit into whatever role Brett Brown wants me to assume. 
And that's going to be really important. And that might mean some nights going off for 25, 30 points and other nights, you know, just getting the shots in the flow of the offense. And so as long as he's willing to do that, um, and especially with the trade of, you know, Tobias Harris and Boban Marjanovic, you know, he's becoming less and less a focal point. As long as he's willing to assume that role, um, that's going to be really key for the chemistry down the stretch. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah um, Jimmy Butler has been very interesting this year. I've, uh, I think we've all criticized him a lot this year through uh, shooting. Like, yeah. I think they said on ESPN last week that he has like five games with zero shots in the first quarter or any quarter of the game, which is crazy for an all-star player. And that Burt Brown needs to remind him that he is an all-star and he's taking like zero shots in a quarter. But when it does come to the fourth quarter, that man's on fire. And uh, that's when we all show up and just let him do what he's doing. Yeah. Um, so uh, Definitely awesome. It's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely awesome to have a player that currently, if if it's the fourth quarter and I'm giving some the if if I'm giving any player in the NBA the ball, there's almost no doubt in my mind that I want to give it to Jimmy Butler. Um, that's how clutch he's been in the fourth quarter for us, um, which is big. Um, yeah, I would uh, I'd like to add one point. I would actually agree with that a lot because if you look at and I hate to mention this team, but when you look at a team like Boston, no, oh, there it is. Kyrie That's the first Irving, one. <laughs> simply said that you know he, they brought him here for the playoffs. I want to see what Jimmy Butler does in the playoffs, crunch time when we need a big bucket, and you know the the, the crowds into it. You know the the for example uh, that that game winning shot he uh, he hit against Brooklyn or the game winning shot he hit against sure. uh, the Hornets. It doesn't in in the playoffs you know, you're going to need that kind of momentum killer, especially you know because we may very well be playing in the Garden. We may very well be playing in Brooklyn. We may very well be playing against you know a, a Milwaukee Bucks type team. You know because we we're set up for that deep playoff run yeah. and his his identity. His focal, you know, his his focal point on this team is to hit those daggers in the fourth quarter. You know, he can. If I honestly, I'm one of those who I have no problem with Jimmy Butler not being aggressive the first three quarters because you know what you're getting in the fourth. He can turn yeah. it on and turn it off by the lights. I mean, yeah, there are times you're going to want to see him be more aggressive and take it to the bank because you know he can. But he doesn't have to do that because you know we have players on this team that can do that. So. You know, it, like I said, just just I, I'm gonna wait to to try to overly criticize him until yeah. till playoff time comes. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, no, there's absolutely no doubt that he has gotten major criticism um, for plays that he's done and not putting up shots in the first quarter. But he's Jimmy Butler, like things that he said. He'll figure it out. Like he's an All Star <laughs> basketball player. Like if you like if you tell him you need to go start making shots, he'll go start making shots. Um, so another person that I really wanted to highlight was TJ McConnell, um, and, and, an easy player for me to talk about one of my favorites, uh, on the team, just what, what we need from him as, as a backup point guard, um, in the playoffs. Cause obviously Ben Simmons is not able to play 48 minutes. Um, obviously no one is. So you need someone back there to back him up and um tj has just been all that you could really ask from him um so what do you guys think about that so um tj mcconnell i mean he goes back to that exact that essential basketball role at any level 
of just filling in what you need to do on the roster. I mean, he goes in and he's a pest. He's an annoying guy to play against. And so that's sort of, he, he's, he's, um, he's, you know, he just starts the energy off the bench and like, he does what he needs to do. He comes up with steals, steals on inbounds, just plays that get your offense going when it's, when the offense isn't flowing. Um, and that's really important for the second unit. Um, and he helps the other guys out every night. So that's really important. He just does what he needs to do. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's, um, a lot of people forget that TJ missed like five. Oh, JJ just hit a four point play. Yeah. I saw <laughs> to that. That, was, that. that was actually very um, nice. I saw it. TJ didn't play at all for about four games because uh, that was when Mark Fultz was in the starting lineup. And he was kind of like the forgotten man on the bench. And then as soon as Markel went away, and we all know what happened with that, um, TJ kind of stepped into his role and he continued what he's always done. is just be that gritty guy that plays up on the court, gets turnovers, and frustrates the other team. And that's yeah. what I think we all love and always cheer him on. He's a fan favorite. Absolutely. Yeah, I would have to agree. He's one of the uh, last original, you know, process Sixers. And he doesn't really do anything special, but he does everything well. Exactly. He, he's just a he's just a, a ball player. Um, I, I like how you said because I like how someone earlier said, you know, he's he's almost like a pest, a pesty player that you don't want to uh, that you really don't want to deal with. He'd always, it always it's interesting to see how, just how well he plays against. You know some top level point guards, and you can uh, yeah. you have the ability to get in their heads. Sorry to interrupt um, you, but like I, I there's nothing I enjoy watching more than watching TJ McConnell make Terry Rozier so frustrated. Like there, yeah. there's just nothing better. Like there's truly nothing better to watch than watch it's Terry funny, Rozier get mad because TJ McConnell's just stealing the ball. Literally, what I was about to say, he yeah. literally you know willed us to a. a own victory against the Celtics last year in the playoffs. Yeah, literally. And just it, it was just amazing to see him. Like, yo, he really is in the heads of this team. Like, nobody had an answer for him. Nobody knew how to defend him, and he had the locks on defense. It was just great. And yeah. hopefully, we see a lot more of that come playoff time. Absolutely. At some um, point, he got a starting role last year in the playoffs, which is interesting to see. Yeah, hundred percent. Definitely um, did. I actually forgot and, about that. Yes, actually, yeah, I crazy. did too. Um, and hey, yeah, maybe co- obviously co- we co- have co- the the big five now. But hey, man, I, I don't like the jinx stuff. Obviously, but if someone would get hurt and you need someone, TJ can absolutely be that guy, as we saw last year in the playoffs. TJ started over uh, Roko, right? I exactly believe so. Yes. Yeah. 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 He made uh, Jason Tatum look like Kobe Bryant, and that's when everyone you know, started to think he's going to be like the next uh, yeah, great that's, player. That's, what it, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> Jason Tatum, man, that is a whole other story. We're not going to get into that. Though. All right, cool. Um, so another thing, big push for the playoffs, um, a more general and um, a more open uh, – uh, yeah, a, a more open question um, – Throughout the rest of the NBA, one team to mainly look out for. Um, and mine currently has to be the L.A. Clippers. Um, the Clippers are currently sitting at sixth in the Western Conference with – they are 10 games above 500. Um, with, hey, with one of our guys over there, uh, Landry Shaman has been putting up buckets for them lately. Um, and – a lot of people doubted them after they got rid of Harris and um, Boban, obviously. 
Um, but they've really been playing some basketball over there. Um, Lou Williams argue, is arguably one of the best six men of all time. Um, just they've just been putting buckets up over there. Um, so I don't I don't know if any of you have really been following uh, the Clippers. If you have anything to say about that, but I would definitely look out for them to possibly steal a five seed from Portland or even steal a four seed. Jeez, they the this is insane. The from seven from the one to the eight seed in the West is only eight games in the win column. Which is insane. Um, the East is 19 game difference from one to eight, and the West is eight. So that's insane. With the Warriors sitting at 45 wins and the Jazz sitting at 37. So with the Clippers at five, the Blazers at four, Thunder at three, you could see the you could see them sneaking all the way up, man. Um, so I don't know if any of you have anything to say about the Clippers, but they've been they've been balling. So, um, for my pick, I'm going to be going to Philadelphia's own Eastern Conference. And if the standings hold right now, you are looking at a three-seed, six-seed matchup between Philadelphia and Brooklyn, which is extremely interesting because Brooklyn has been absolutely balling for their roster. You know, guys like guys like Spencer Dinwiddie stepping up and securing the bag with a big contract. Jared Allen blocking LeBron James. Joe Harris winning the three-point contest, absolutely phenomenal shooter. D'Angelo Russell, of course, becoming the leader that the Lakers never thought he would become. D'Angelo Russell course, playing like an Harris MVP. Soccer. Sorry to interrupt you. He's been he's been putting up MVP numbers lately. Oh, of course. I mean, he's, he's been a monster. He's been he's been the player the Lakers never thought he would be, and he's a leader. Exactly. Um, and then you've got Levert coming back off that scary injury, and so the team really only gets better from here. Kenny Atkinson doing an incredible job at coach as well. So. Um, that is an interesting matchup for the Sixers. You know, the Nets have given the Sixers some trouble in the past couple of years, and that's because they're a gritty team. They play well as a team. They don't have um, that. They don't really have that one guy um, who's a, who's in a sort of a superstar um, role. They all sort of share the ball, and that's worked for them really well. Um, they play really well as a team, um, and so that's going to be really interesting for the Sixers. You know, stick to their fundamentals, um, and uh, you know, don't don't um. Don't let the pressure get to them. Um, Brooklyn, of course, has its own flaws. They don't, as I said before, they don't have that one guy um, who can make the shots down the stretch necessarily. Um, but they do have a lot of young pieces who are scary, so you got to look out for that. But Brooklyn's really been bottom lately. Absolutely, man. Brooklyn, I've, I like, I mean, because obviously the past two seasons, or for however many seasons, they've, they've just been the Nets. Like, there's nothing to them. Like, you hear Brooklyn Nets, you think, oh, they're bottom of the standings, blah, blah, blah. But they have been balling out this year, um, which obviously it's – we're not the biggest fans of the Nets as Sixers fans, but, like, it's honestly cool to see. Like, I love seeing teams that don't have the best records in previous years just snap one year. Like, I think it's awesome seeing the seeing the Nets sit three games over 500 and holding a six seed in the playoffs when last year they were horrendous. So – um, Curtis, I don't, I don't know if you've picked a team yeah. or if you want to add uh, on that. Well, see, I, I have to piggyback because the Nets are the team that you really don't want to face. Absolutely. Uh, a player like D'Angelo Russell is the type of player that, you know, the Sixers 
because we're talking about the Sixers, uh, they should really try to avoid the Nets at all costs. Do I think we could beat the Nets? Yes, I think you know in a seven game series we would be you know heavily favored, but at the same time, going off how we played them, you know this season, they haven't been you know the best of games by the Sixers and. Yeah, like you said, the Nets are a scrappy team. They're going to leave. I mean, the Sixers are struggling tonight in the turnover margin against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Could you imagine giving up, you know, that many turnovers to a team like the Nets who shoot the three ball so well, who have a guy like Spencer Dinwiddie, who against the Sixers has had a career night against a D'Angelo Russell, <laughs> against a D'Angelo Russell, who, you know, is a, who has proven himself to be a premier point guard in this league. Um, and, you know, like you said, Joe Harris, three-point shooting champion. You don't want to see that team in the postseason because it's a whole nother season in the postseason. Absolutely. And, you know, it kind of pains me to see D'Angelo Russell being this good because I was at that <laughs> draft and I was utterly ticked off when Magic John, when the Lakers, excuse me, when the Lakers took uh, D'Angelo Russell and we were stuck with Okafor, I was highly upset. <laughs> But, you know, uh, it's good to see, you know, it's good to see basketball is back in Brooklyn. I actually did attend a Sixers-Brooklyn game uh, at the Barclays Center last year, and, yeah, it was heavily Sixered out. But it's good to see that that team's back and rolling again, and they got a good fan base behind them. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I, um, uh, you said about how just it's the postseason is a whole other season, and that's just, that's just nothing else you can really say about that. Um, when you get to the postseason – Anyone can win. Like, there's truly – there's favorites, obviously, but the postseason's the postseason. Like, anyone can win a postseason basketball game. And obviously you, ha- obviously you have your favorites, like the Golden State Warriors, who have been demolishing the playoffs for the past however many years. Um, but you have your teams like the Nets, and you have your teams like who? Uh, like the Clippers, like the Trailblazers, who haven't – done a ton in the playoffs the past few years. Um, but Hey man, like anyone can win a playoff game. Like if, as of right now, uh, if the West currently stayed how it is, um, the Portland trailblazers would be matched up with the Oklahoma city thunder. And I don't know about you guys, but I can see the Portland trailblazers completely taking that series. Um, cause it's, it's just playoff basketball. And obviously, it must be said, the LeBron effect is real. You know, like the Eastern <laughs> Conference playoffs this year are going to be something to watch. Like, you know, there's of, of the top four or five teams, there is no clear victor in anyone's mind right now. And so, like, being objective about that, like, that is going to be extremely interesting to watch. Like, is Giannis going to come through? Is Embiid going to come through? And maybe they both will, but who's going to be the victor? No one knows. Yeah. Wow. And just to interrupt, um, the, the, the fans were about to get free Frosties. And there was there was an early going into the lane on the Sixers, so they called the missed free throw back, and then he made the second one. So there goes the Frosties. Okay, that's besides the point, though. <laughs> yeah, it was a TJ McConnell lane violation. Um, yeah, but no, man. Um, yeah, the past few years, obviously, you've had your favorites in the Golden State Warriors and the Cavs when they had LeBron and the Celtics last year when they looked like scary, but then like. It's just, it's just like, we keep saying it, but like, there's nothing else you can really say than to just, it's playoff basketball. Like, anything can happen in the playoffs. So, um, it's a different atmosphere, different everything. Absolutely. Um, 
And do you have a team that you specifically picked out, or are we just going to kind of so, keep, keep rolling here? So the team that, not necessarily that I would fear, but I think it would be a very interesting matchup um, between two players, specifically in uh, Andre Drummond mm-hmm. and Joel Embiid. I was hoping you'd, you would uh, pick that. The, so um, a Sixers-Detroit matchup, I, I wouldn't be afraid of Detroit at all, even with – them going eight and two in the last ten games, and what they were on a five game, six game win streak. Yeah. Um. Because well, Blake Griffin did have fifty points against us in that game winning and one call. That's happened twice this year. Um. I just think in the playoffs that. they don't have enough star talent. They have yeah. Blake Griffin and a washed up Andre Drummond, and Blake wow. still his outside jumper. has gotten better this year, like a lot better than I would think, but it's still not that reliable. And um. I just think it'd be so different. They have one all-star talent in Blake, and uh, I think I'd probably put Ben on Ben Simmons on uh, Blake or yeah, Jimmy definitely. or Tobias. I don't know. You could put anyone exactly on that. Team. Like that's the great part about this team. Like at the beginning of this year, like if you have an all-star player, you were putting Ben Simmons on him. But now, if you have three all-star players, you got Jimmy Butler, you got Tobias Harris, you got Ben Simmons. Like it's just awesome. Mike Maybe. Scott. Mike Scott. Uh, TJ McConnell, there it is. Like you, you just have guys that can and just play dude, grit on defense. It would just be so fun to see uh Joe and B own uh you know oh, how yeah. he owns real estate and under drums head to see that series. Uh, that'd be just so fun. Hundred percent, yeah, man. That would that would that would be awesome. Um all right, so uh that was our main talk for the push for the playoffs. Um we're gonna move to a guy uh that hasn't really been mentioned. I don't really think that much in the first 21 minutes that we've been talking here. Um, but obviously the star of this team, Mr. Joel, the process uh, and beat. Um, so obviously Joel has been out for the past few games, uh, but he is back. He was back tonight and he was back the game before this uh, versus Indiana with a 106-89 win on Sunday, which was a very good win for standings, which uh, was where we took the three seed. Um, but I want to talk about what we noticed when Embiid wasn't playing. Because um, obviously we got to see maybe some things we didn't want to see. Um, I, I wasn't necessarily looking forward to watching um, our fourth string center uh play play center and start for us and uh amir johnson but we got to see it and i mean hey man he didn't he didn't play that bad he really didn't um because he gets a lot of flack on this team just because who we have but in those games that we he played he did not play terrible which is kind of what we need we don't we don't need him to play amazing we just don't need him to play terrible um so what did you guys – what was your guys' main things that you saw when we didn't have Joel Embiid? So I saw – so the I can, I can hit on a big thing with Embiid being out, which is that you saw J.J. Reddick's numbers take a massive dip. And so the reason for that is that you have no more of the classic Embiid-J.J. Reddick dribble handoff where J.J. Where Reddick gets that classic pull-up jumper or pull-up three-point shot that he consistently knocks down with Embiid on the floor. And, and that has been like a like a big source of the Sixers scoring over the past two seasons. And so um, Reddick's sort of production dipped up, dipped off for the, over the past like eight games or however many was out. I would say that it's clearly linked to uh, Embiid not being on the floor. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and because – Everyone knows about that whole 
Embiid JJ combo. That's not a big, not a big thing. Um, they they've just they've grown such a relationship over the past however many years they've been playing together, two or three. I can't even remember right now. Um, but uh, what else did we see? Because obviously there's there's a there's a lot of things that you can take out from the best big man in the league not being on the court for six games. Um, so what did you guys see? Uh, just the lack of spacing that was on the floor. Um, it seemed like at times the only person that was really capable of scoring was Tobias Harris. You know, when when Embiid is on the floor, even if he's like having a bad game, just his mere presence, you know, teams respect that, and they they play the Sixers so differently. I uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the 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 the, the discrepancy of him being on the floor versus him not being on the floor is. His rookie season, the Sixers, you know, with him on the floor were the equivalent to a 60-win team off of the floor. Him off the uh, floor, they were, like, equivalent to, like, a 22-win team. And it still shows to this day. Uh, we, I know, we're far, far more better than a 22-win team without him. But his dynamic he just brings, you know, uh, the fact that Ben Simmons gets cuts to the basket um, with him on the floor. And that, like you guys said, that patented JJ jumper that he, him and J, uh, him and uh, Reddick have worked on so well, and teams, you know, besides Boston, still can't defend it. So it, his mere presence brings a lot that the Sixers are going to need, and that the Sixers still do need. Because um, we were, we are not the same team we were last year. Of course, everybody remembers that remarkable 16 game run we went on with Ben and crew last year. But teams, you know, they know how to defend us now, and that team last year they had a lot more consistency. Uh, than this team does. You know, there's a lot of new pieces, especially in the starting lineup. Uh, the bench was a tad bit more uh, reliable than it is this year. I think that's still an Achilles heels. We don't have much depth. Um, and because Embiid, he does the, he does a lot of things so well, it, it, it overshadows those things until he's not available, which we saw. And uh, I have to agree, Amir Johnson is really not that bad. He's not that great. Yeah. But, you know, hopefully Embiid is here for the long haul in the playoffs and we don't have to see much of Amir. <coughs> yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, Amir is obviously not going to be my my ideal guy that we're going to have to go to in the playoffs with five minutes left in the fourth quarter of Game 7. Um, <laughs> but um, – what, what do you what do you do with Embiid, Jonah Bolden, Amir Johnson, and Boban Marjanovic? I mean, that's some serious depth. Um, yeah, um, definitely. Um so my big thing is, I wasn't I wasn't a huge Jonah Bolden fan at first. I'm not gonna lie, um, wasn't a, wasn't a, wasn't a huge fan of the guy. Um, but he's really he's really really grown on me. Um, he's just the play that he's put on the court. The other night when, when when we were playing the Warriors and the first play of the game, he went up under the basket that underhand layup. I was like. That that just that that just that just made me so happy to see. Um, that just made me so happy to yeah, see that right. what he's all his hard work that he's been putting in for the team has been finally paying off. Um, and obviously, it sucks that we didn't have Embiid, but it's just awesome to see just what he can do on the court for us, and uh, which is awesome. Um, last year on that what sixteen seventeen game win streak, um, that kind of jump started over expectations for this team before that we were like the four seed trying to fight for a home court advantage advantage at least that was like our highest expectations and we didn't think we were going to do much in the playoffs we were a good team but they're still 
elite teams such as Boston, and Toronto, exactly. and all that. And then once we went on that run, our expectations like skyrocket. Like we were instantly went to being like we thought we were going to the finals or at least Eastern Conference finals. And then we lost to um, Boston in that series. And then we all got we were all really frustrated because Ben Simmons looked like he didn't even know what to do on the court. Jason Tatum looked like Kobe that was just to the interrupt. Whole team just looked so different against Boston. That was that and, was uh, I was actually at the Miami game two when we lost, awesome. and that was after a seventeen game win streak. So I've not, I will not be to any Sixers playoff games this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that is that's absolutely my dream. Um, I've never been to a playoff professional sports game. Uh, I've always wanted to go to one. I have one thing to say that inside Wells Fargo Center, they were down by like 20 points, and we started coming back. We got us down to like two, and then Dwayne Lee went off. He did his thing. But for a straight about 10 minutes, like the final 10, the whole fourth quarter, we were chanting defense. You know how like they do in the final minute when they chant defense really well? It was the whole entire 12-minute fourth quarter where it was just as loud as you could be. And then during the, there was a TV timeout, and it was a straight minute of, here we go, Sixers, as loud as it could be. That's and awesome, it was man. so fun that game. It's awesome. And I don't know about you guys, but, like, when moments like that happen, like, I'm such a, a Sixers nerd. Like, I really am. But, like, when when moments like that happen, I just think back to, like, what we were and what we are now. And it's just – it's insane. Like, it's absolutely insane to think that we the players that we were running around with four years ago and getting 12 10 wins and we're up to 52 wins and arguably have the best lineup in the nba right now is like it you like can't you like you can't oh absolutely i there's a chills moment every game for me confidence standpoint for this team and uh, you know to get that mental roadblock out of their heads that they cannot get past boston because you never know who you're going to see come postseason time because you never know what could happen um, I dreaded playing this team last year in the postseason. I really would rather have played Bucks. Um, we saw why. Uh, and you know, like I said, we just for our own mental standpoint, you know, just just to get that monkey off our back. If I could quote Steve Young, we really need to beat this team yeah. come two weeks from now. Uh, I mean, from, from just for the morale. Uh, I, I'm so excited because I, I want to see the, the new guys uh, get a second crack at playing Boston. Absolutely. Uh, I know Jimmy Butler would love to do nothing more than to you know hit a, a big time shot against this, these guys and get a good win. And you know a win like that could carry could uplift the team who's already confident going into the playoffs. But you know it only takes one win. We saw that with Cleveland in 20, 2016 against the Golden State Warriors. It only takes one win can change a whole facet of a game and a whole facet of a series. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Um, Because I don't know about you guys, but it, there's no worse feeling than, than turning on a Boston Celtics game and just, just watching us get out. Like there's, there's just nothing worse. There really isn't. Um, I just, I just can't, I don't get, I just don't get it. Like with the whole Boston, like they have all these struggles that we see and then they play the Sixers, and they look like the best team ever. Like I don't, I don't every, know. Every single Boston time, too. No matter if it's in Philly, no matter if it's in Boston. Like I, I don't know. And the biggest, nothing would be better for this team 
than to beat Boston at home. Um, there's nothing that would help our season more than to do that because it sucks to say, like, we're all Sixers fans, but you need to come down to this stuff. If you can't beat Boston in the regular season, and we've t- we've talked about how the postseason's different, it's going to be hard to beat them in the postseason because their TD Garden doesn't does not mess around in the postseason. And you, you know, uh, being at the being at the game against Boston in the postseason, I was at the game last year uh, where. Uh, Marco Bellinelli almost sent the stadium into a frenzy and he hit that fadeaway jumper, which we all immediately thought was a three, but it was going up to be, you know, just a two-pointer. Um, games like that, they almost, because we wound up losing that game, but when you just literally can't seem to beat a team, it literally can just suck the – and that's what I'm talking about morale, because it literally just takes the life out of you. It's like you play a great game, you get shots to fall, you execute, you know, the game plan, and you still wind up losing. And it's just like, yo, what else do we have to do? But, you know, this time around, if we did match up with them in a seven-game series, we have a James Butler. We have uh, Tobias Harris. We have a Mike Scott. You know, we got those dog-type dog, dog type players that aren't going to back down. I um, mean, you, you need that aggressiveness. You need that attitude going into the postseason because – we all watch postseason sports on on all different facets. You know, some fouls some fouls are not going to get called. It's going to be quote unquote jailhouse ball at times for those rebounds. Um, we saw the way Miami played us uh, last year in the first round after after we annihilated them in Game One. You saw how physical a series it was. It got ser- it got physical against Boston in the second series. So I think guys like Mike Scott and those fellas. They're going to add a different dynamic to the team because one thing you can say about Jimmy Butler is he ain't going to get step onto a court and get pushed around by anybody. Neither is Mike. No Scott shot. And, um, no Tobias shot. Tobias Harris isn't the littlest of guys either, so it'll be a fu- it'll, it should be fun to, to watch no matter who we match up with in the match up with in the playoffs. Exactly, and and it, and um, what you just said there really hit me right there, and I never really thought about that about the guys not getting pushed around. And if you go back to our lineup last year versus Boston, you had you had Rocco, you had Dario, uh, and Bead, uh, JJ, Markel off the bench, but barely even played. Um, and then the Ben, and then the TJ six-man. Um, and you, ha- I'm n- not going to lie, you had guys that would get pushed around on that team. Like, Robert, oh, no. Co- like, we, I love, I love Robert Covington. I'll love him forever. But like, He's not the toughest basketball player. And and it sucks because, like, he put in great minutes for us, but he's just flat out not the toughest basketball player. If I look at this lineup right now, there's not one guy that's getting pushed around, no matter who you are. J.J. Redick, yeah, he's small, but he's not going to let anyone say anything to him. If someone says anything, he's just going to go splash a three in their face. Like Ben Simmons, you say something to him, he's going to talk back and he's going to dunk on you. And Bead's gonna go drop forty on you. Like, there's no one that, there's no one that a Boston or a Milwaukee team can talk to in this starting lineup that they can't do something about it. Which I think is awesome. I and that's that what that's Miami what makes a playoff team. With um, there was a few uh rough spots in that game. Uh oh, some tussles, but that was uh, I think that was really important in the growth of Ben Simmons because if you remember, I think it might have been James Johnson 
when he like grubbed his beard or whatever and like shoved him against the yeah whatever I, you know, I remember like, exactly game what two or game three in Miami and it made them all tougher I think and uh, it just showed his growth and he's really improved absolutely um so Ant do you have a a, a one specific game yeah. that you picked out uh so um in the last what like twelve games there I don't know how many games there are left but there's a lot of the teams are below five hundred but the few that aren't would be March 28th versus Brooklyn. Um, that would probably be home, right? I think that game's home. March 28th home. versus Brooklyn is home, yes. Home, it's a, it's yes. a Thursday. So uh, that could be a potential playoff matchup, and maybe we won't struggle that game because uh, we know we struggled <laughs> both games both times that we played them earlier this year, yeah. and Jimmy Butler saved us one of the times. Definitely. Um, and that would be an interesting matchup in the playoffs. I actually do not believe we have played yeah we have not played brooklyn either since we have not played the we have not played we the had, brooklyn uh, not nets despise, but with jimmy yeah with with with, heavy, with uh, jimmy yeah but we haven't played since the the so new and improved if jimmy doesn't hit that buzzer beater we're owing to against the brooklyn nets this year absolutely yeah I it, it, it sounds worse than it actually is because they're a better team but just saying possibly owing to against the brooklyn nets and did never think I'd be saying that with this team. Yeah. But man, there's Brooklyn Nets. They, they're that's awesome, man. I give them credit. They've been just balling out. Um, so oh I think we're gonna come on, man. Um, uh, we're gonna move in <laughs> to our. This is bad. <laughs> this is bad, man. Um, and MB just looks like he's confused, man. All right, so we're gonna move into our. Uh, to my my most uh, my favorite part, I'm pretty sure for tonight, uh, the final season predictions. Um, I'm gonna start off here. Um, I'm gonna go. Uh, the Sixers currently have, um, not including the Cleveland game, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, fourteen games left. Um, we have we have five at home and. Uh, nine away. Um, I am going to go with 11 out of those 14 we win. And I'm going to finish with a 53 and 29 record. Um, and for my team that we will be playing, I believe the standings will stay. And I believe we will be, man, this is hard. This is so hard. Um, I believe we will stay the three seed. Um, and I believe we will be playing the Brooklyn Nets in the first round, which I never thought I would be saying that. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go with 53 and 29 final record and a first round home court advantage matchup versus the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, man. Wow. You know what? Uh, uh, I'm actually going to second that, and I'm going to say, honestly, Brooklyn takes us six games. Wow. Okay. Uh, that's I, bold. I, totally, I love that. I, I love I totally see that happening. I love that. Brooklyn, the Brooklyn takes us six games. How do you, so, now yeah, I'm interested. I, How do you see that? Do you see, uh, do you see uh, us, gonna, losing, they're, us they're losing they're a going, game at home? They're going, to, they're going to win one in their house. That's uh, just going to happen. Yeah. And... I see them stealing one against us at, in Philly. Okay. I see that. I, I feel like, you know, we'll have one of those games where things, you know, things things just aren't going to go our way. 
and they're going to steal one. If, yeah. if they have that scrappy team, they're more than capable of it. But I do have something else to say. If they don't, if they do, if they do drop both home games to us, we're going to sweep them. Yes, hundred okay. percent. I see that. Um, okay. Cause... And I am going to second what Curtis said. Standings hold. Nets take us to six. And it's gonna it's gonna make the Sixers a little bit gas going into the second round, which you don't love to see. But the Nets are just that good this season. Um, also, if I may add, I would like to stay away from Toronto at all costs when it gets into the later rounds because no one wants to go play up in Toronto. No one wants. It's a new. It's this is not get swept by the LeBron. Toronto Raptors. No one wants to see. <laughs> no one wants to see uh, Finals MVP Kawhi Leonard come out and dominate. Um, and so that's just a really, really scary team. And I'd rather play Milwaukee. So that is how I see it. So I have a question for you. Um, do you see? Do you see Toronto overtaking the one seed, or do you see Milwaukee sitting at the one still? I think Milwaukee sticks with the one seed. They're going to continue to be a great regular season team, but yet I would still rather play. Um, I still think that t- Toronto is the much better playoff team. Yeah. Um, by a big margin, actually, uh-huh. with Kawhi Leonard there. Absolutely. Toronto has one of the best postseason atmospheres I've ever seen in basketball. Oh, uh, absolutely. 100%. Jurassic, no I think they call it Jurassic Park or something. That place is nuts. Insane. Like, I, like I said, I've been and to they have all playoff games. And that, oh, ooh. my God. I, I, I like, and like, if we could emulate that in a way, that would be awesome. Yeah. Because they they give the Raptors so much energy, unless you're LeBron James, and it doesn't matter. But they True. give the Raptors so yes. much energy, it's insane. Like, I... That, they, they, I gotta give, like I said, I give credit where credit's due. They show up and show out come playoff time. Absolutely. They have all these people watching outside. It's crazy. Wait, what did they do? Yeah, that aspect is also cool. Yeah. They have people watching outside? Yeah, they, they call have it like, Jurassic Park. It's like this giant watch party. What? I didn't yeah, know outside that. Outside the stadium. It's like, it's like thousands of people watching that's on a huge awesome. screen outside the stadium. That's actually so... That's, oh, Luke, that's, you're, you're, Luke you're, you're, you're not over 21, but down by the complex, they have... Uh, it's it's kind of like how we have Xfinity Live. Yeah. Like, times like 50. That's, yeah, that's exactly. insane. I did not know that. That's, that is awesome. Um, so, Ant, do you have any... any, uh, any End of the season uh, predictions here. Um. Uh, wait. So for the Sixers' final record that I think they will, I think they're going to go on another type of run that they did last year. I uh, I believe they will go thirteen and two in this final fifteen game okay. stretch. Okay. That will leave them at a record of fifty-five and twenty-seven. I like that. Um. The only two teams that I think they will lose to. We are going to go 0-4 against the Boston Celtics this year. <laughs> and we will drop – we'll beat Milwaukee both times, but we will drop one game to the Miami Heat. Okay. I, I wow, see. I forgot about them. Yeah. Uh, we we play them Miami in Miami April 9th. It's the first of a back-to-back. Yeah. It's the first of the back-to-back. And I think they might have the three-seed locked up by then. Maybe it's it's a second to last game of the year, so 
Yeah, that those last yeah. that last speaking, week. That's a lot of that's of, a lot of basketball, speaking man. Of ba- speaking of basketball, oh, oh Lord, Lord. God, <laughs> oh my God, no, <laughs> we were facing out on our Twitter page. Good that was the best thing I ever heard. Good Lord, wow. We're gonna take a we're gonna take a minute and we're gonna take a minute and kind of commentate this game here. Looks like looks like looks like we got Cavs Cavs ball here with 30 seconds left. Uh, Sixers up 102. One thing I want to mention about back to backs. Uh, that's the one disadvantage we have uh, going into that Boston game. It's even prettier the second time. Oh my gosh! (laughs) How does he do that? That is uh, that's one disadvantage we have against that Boston game. We're coming off a back to back. I'm I'm not sure. I don't have the schedule in front of me. I'm not sure who we play the night before that. Uh, I'm sorry. Fine. What game is that you're saying? Boston, Boston game? game. We we, 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 we are we are in Charlotte the night before. Oh, I figured that. I feel okay. Yeah, so oh, we gotta, so all right. So let me for. for anyone that doesn't know here. Let me read. So we're currently we're it is currently March twelfth. We're currently playing the Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm gonna read you the remainder of the season here. We have we are home versus the Sacramento Kings on Friday, March fifteenth. Um, I see that as a win. Um, we, we then move to Milwaukee. We have a three 30 matinee Sunday, April 17th. Um, we then move to, we are in Charlotte, April 9th, or I'm sorry, March 19th, um, at seven o'clock. Then we come home on the second of a back to back and we play the Boston Celtics March 20th. We then get a two day rest and fly out to Atlanta, uh, March 23rd, Saturday. That's a night game. Uh, we then, on my birthday, March 25th, uh, we are in Orlando. Um, we then come home with a two-day rest, and we are home versus the Brooklyn Nets. We fly out to Minnesota to play the Timberwolves. Then we move into April. We start April, April 1st, which is a Monday, at Dallas at 8.30. Uh, we then move to at Atlanta again. Uh, and then the second of a back-to-back, we come home and play the Milwaukee Bucks at 8 o'clock. And then we round off the season with our last three games, April 6th, 9th, and 10th. Uh, the 6th is an 8 o'clock game in Chicago, and that was just a monster block. Um, we then move – our last two games of the season is a back-to-back. We play at Miami and home to end the season versus the Chicago Bulls. Just – Throwing that out there for anyone that, that was curious um, for the remainder of the schedule, but that that's an that's an interesting remainder because um, two games versus Chicago, which I th- I think with Embiid, I think with Embiid will we will beat them, um, but that was that was just kind of a fluke game that night. That was just an off night. Um, uh, that that who said it was it Ant or, or Leon about the the at Miami game? I think it was Ant. Um, that game, that that, yeah. that that game is a little scary. I'm not gonna lie. At Miami, um, the Miami, it's um, cause it's the it was second to last game of the year. It's at Miami. They're probably still they're gonna be they've been tanking the whole year. We might um, take them a little light. Wow, sorry, that was a shoulder there. Sorry, come on, Joe. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> that was a bit of a shoulder there. Um, yeah, that whole Miami thing, though. Uh, you can keep going. Sorry, I interrupted you. 
Um, yeah, that's really it. It's just the second to last team of the year. First of a back-to-back. Mullygo even has a lot, uh, three seed locked up by then. Hopefully we do. And uh, I don't know how much it's going to matter, but... Yeah. Uh, and then when you play Chicago the night after that, so both games, they might not even be playing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and B well, is probably going to rest one of these games because he said he's going to yeah. have one game for the rest for the playoffs. Hundred percent. I wouldn't that's be su- probably going to be earlier than. I that. wouldn't be surprised if he maybe sat out. Let's see, where's the schedule? Um, maybe that at Chicago game that Saturday. Wouldn't be surprised if he sat that game out because you have a back to back Atlanta and Milwaukee, and then you're at Chicago. I wouldn't be surprised if he sat out that game. Um, so uh, I don't know if anyone has anything else to say, but I think. That's gonna that's gonna wrap it up here. Um, anyone else have any 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 last words? Uh, yeah, we are pushing pushing here for a win tonight. Uh, Nineteen seconds left. Sixers are up 106.99. One timeout remaining each. Um, once again, we thank you all for listening I, uh, here. One thing to say: if uh, if you were listening to this podcast and we uh, screamed about how good Joel Embiid looks right now. <laughs> And you look at his stats, he does only have like uh, 15 points. So it was not his best game, but he does have some uh, exactly. few highlight plays just down the, the clutch. Just what we were talking about earlier, just just the, the atmosphere that he brings. I think it was Curtis saying that earlier. Just the atmosphere that he brings from just being on the court. Um, so, yeah, um, other than that, uh, this has been a pleasure doing this with you guys. Um this has been episode one of Trust the Podcast. Uh, if you guys want to follow us on Twitter, our our main Twitter is uh, at PHL Sixers Nation. And then our podcast Twitter is at Sixers Nation Pod on Twitter. Uh, we, we also have Facebook. You can like us on there. Um, you can also go follow all of our personal Twitters. They'll all be in the link uh, on our Twitter. Um, and other than that, guys, uh, this has been fun. This is definitely yeah, this is awesome. It's I can't really wait till episode fun, two. Um, hopefully, hopefully we were, we're still in the midst of a nice win streak going in. Hope so. And hopefully we uh we will have beaten the mighty Boston Celtics. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. Um, man, that is I am really hoping for that. And that missed shot is gonna wrap up the game. There, uh, the Sixers will take a win at home. Uh, one hundred six ninety nine versus the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, so yeah. we had a pretty good, great uh, starting podcast, and the Sixers beat the Cavs. Absolutely. So, good night. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, guys, thank you once again. Uh, once again, you can follow us at PHL Sixers Nation or and or at Sixers Nation Pod on Twitter. Uh, this has been Luke, Curtis, Ant, and Leon, and we thank you guys for listening, and we will be back with episode two soon. See you guys. Ooh, get him on me, try to crucify me like I'm Jesus the way she crossed me I'm too bossy and too thorough to move like a weirdo On point like an arrow, we started off with zero Now I'm seeing M's, diamonds like water in